The year is 1936. A small plane crash lands in the outskirts of Barcelona. Miraculously, everyone on board survives, including two photographers, Robert Kappa and Gerda Taro. They are risking their lives to cover the Spanish Civil War that has just broken out. And while he would go on to take one of the most famous war photos in history, she would become the first female photographer to die in a conflict and be largely forgotten. But I'm telling this story because it is about two identities so intertwined that it's hard to keep them apart, to know who's who, who did what, and really also what it means to be a photographer. I'm Lars Menzel, and you're listening to Available Light, my podcast about photography and the personalities that have shaped it. This is episode 9, which we'll call Identity. I had once uh, one picture which was appreciated much more than the other ones, and I certainly did not know when I shot it that it was a specially good picture. That's Robert Kappa talking about his most famous photograph, which you've probably seen before. It's of a man with his arms outstretched and his eyes closed. He's dropping his rifle, his body falling down as a bullet fatally hits him. This is one of the most famous war photos of all time, and it is the most iconic one of those taken by Robert Kappa and Gerda Taro during the Spanish Civil War. The man in the picture was part of a militia defending the Spanish Republic against the fascist uprising led by General Franco. It was a war the Republic would ultimately lose, a war that killed hundreds of thousands of people and that led to 36 years of fascist dictatorship in Spain, was a very famous photographer. Robert Capaleta said. And no wonder, the picture was highly symbolic. The man in the picture was fighting with a simple rifle against troops equipped with a machine gun. Capaletta said that the militiamen he photographed were effectively mowed down. And so the picture captures the entire tragedy and horror of war in just, well, one shot. It also shows death unfolding, which is something that simply hadn't previously been captured in a photograph. Usually, photographers would take their pictures before or after a battle. But Kappa and Taro got right in on the action. They were one of the first or the first photographers to embed with fighters, and they would literally run through gunfire to get their photos. It was radical, unheard of, and arguably also somewhat crazy. But for them, the matter was personal. Robert Kappa and Gerda Taro both had Jewish roots. Both had lived in Germany in the 1920s and 30s, where they witnessed the rise of the Nazi party. Both had personally experienced anti-Semitism. It forced them to leave Germany and move to France shortly after Hitler came into power. There they met as part of the German exile, he, a young photographer, originally from Hungary, and she, working for an image agency in Paris. Their circle of friends was heavily left-leaning. They were communists, socialists, and the odd anarchists. But these were also volatile times, and being in opposition to the injustices in Germany usually meant being sympathetic with more left-wing ideologies. That 
included the war in Spain, which had become a battleground for ideologists on both sides of the fence. Let's be clear. They were ready to die for their cause. There's a famous saying by Robert Capper that you've probably heard before. It goes, if your photos aren't good, you're not close enough. But Capper didn't just mean being physically close, but also being emotionally close to your subject. Kappa and Taro lived and worked by their convictions, and really also by the values of the people that they were covering. Before the war, they had defied convention themselves. Gero Taro was a working woman with short hair, unbound by convention, unmarried but with the occasional boyfriends, like Robert Kappa. He was a freelance photographer, always scraping by, trying to make money with his pictures. Although they had left Germany behind, they nevertheless still struggled with the anti-Semitism of their age, which really existed across Europe. That is why they took on those names we now know them by, their pseudonyms that would mask their Jewish backgrounds and make it easier to get assignments. Taro had been born as Gerda Pohorille, which, you know, even if you're German like me, is a bit difficult to pronounce. Robert Kappa, on the other hand, had been known as Andre Friedman before. Their idea was to make the names sound less exotic. Especially his was to appear like that of an American photojournalist. And it would allow them to demand higher prices for the pictures, a mechanism that Gerda had learned working at her image agency. When they took photos together, as they did in Spain, they often published them under the Kappa byline. Probably also to mask the fact that there was a female photographer behind them which they accepted, but not everybody else did. So while Robert Kappa was a real person, you know, the just renamed Andre Friedman, he was also an invention. He was the product of two photographers' combined creativity, courage, and body of work. Photography is powerful like that. It allows people to form an identity for themselves or to inhabit a character. Anyone who publishes pictures knows this. We selectively share the world around us through some very deliberately chosen frames. Over time, we build up a recognizable look and sharing pictures becomes a way to broadcast our identities. So the identity of that fearless war photographer, Robert Kappa, to get a lucky picture like that, you gotta spend a lot of time in trenches, was created in the Spanish Civil War but it was created by two people at once. His success would not have been possible without the two photographers' combined work and skills. Because in the first place, his photos ever got to be seen because of Gerda Taro's contacts in the publishing at Photo World. She, on the other hand, had relied on his instructions to learn photography. And so to this day, it actually remains unclear which of them had shot exactly which pictures. The work in Spain was shared, but the legacy is not. Photography had become their way to paper over the Jewish backgrounds, their countries of origin, their young age. The photos they took, which were revolutionary at the time, allowed them to become somebody else, however briefly and secretly. For Gerda Taro to break out of her past like that, 
to find a new role and defy gender roles in the process. It meant being a true pioneer. All that makes it even sadder that she became so eclipsed by the man on her side. Because in 1937, Gerda Taro actually died in battle. She was crushed by a Republican tank as she was retreating from the approaching Francoist forces. And although her death was highly publicized, especially in left-wing or fringe media, most of her pictures were really just quietly reattributed to Robert Kappa later. And since Kappa went on to cover many other conflicts, he's the one who became known as the pioneer of war photography. Today, Gerda Taro has that questionable honor of being the first female photographer to have died in a war, like I mentioned on top of the show. She's known as a martyr for the socialist cause, and, you know, there's a street named after her in the German city of Leipzig. But I prefer to remember her as the woman who used photography to create a new identity for herself, to build the myth of Robert Kappa, and to beat all the odds in the process. Thanks for listening. Head over to www.available.li where there's eight other episodes you can listen to. And if you like any of them, make sure you recommend them to somebody else. It means a lot. Thanks, and see you next time.